Welcome to this special edition series of Penta Communications' top growth podcast, Emerging Stronger. Produced to help leaders gain valuable insight into strategies to help them lead their organizations more effectively through the coronavirus epidemic. Our host, Deborah Penta, interviews several leading experts in various disciplines, bringing together a well-rounded, all-star lineup on subjects such as positive thinking, wellness, business growth, and how to sell out of an economic downturn. Ken Estridge is an experienced entrepreneur, executive, executive coach, and business coach, who over the past 25 years has coached and advised hundreds of CEOs and senior managers of startups, early stage growth companies, and Fortune 500 companies in a wide range of industries to improve leadership effectiveness, accelerate growth, and increase profitability. Ken's 40 years of business experience as a senior decision maker in a wide range of companies from high tech to low tech enable him to quickly understand his clients' key business challenges. A true entrepreneur with an impressive track record, Ken founded or co-founded 10 companies, served as president or CEO of four companies, has served as director of three companies, and is a member of the advisory board of many others. Ken facilitated CEO peer groups for the Alternative Board for 13 years. He is a certified scaling up coach and a certified executive coach. He has led team building and strategic planning workshops for Gazelles International for the past 11 years. Ken received a BS degree from MIT, an MS from the MIT Sloan School of Management, and has a Doctor of Business Administration from Harvard Business School. Ken has been a guest panelist and or lecturer at Harvard Business School, MIT Sloan School, MIT Enterprise Forum, Babson, Tufts, and Northeastern. And we are so thrilled that Ken has taken his time to join us today on this podcast as we help to provide valuable information for companies that are really trying to navigate through these uncharted waters of the COVID-19 crisis. Ken, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to our podcast today. Thank you, Deborah. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Ken, you know, you have a tremendous wealth of expertise that you have offered to companies for so many years. And you have been consulting with companies throughout the years that have gone through numerous crises, recessions, 9-11. You've also had clients that have experienced their own uh, catastrophes and brought you in to help salvage their companies and and really help put them on the right track. Let's start by sharing your opinion on how CEOs um, can lead effectively now during this time of uncertainty. Sure. So I think the most important thing is for CEOs to be very present. And by that, I mean to uh, not hide because they're, they're working at home, but to communicate more than ever. And I'm suggesting that CEOs send out daily communication It can be an email, it can be a voicemail, it can be a two-minute video that they shoot of themselves with their iPhone. And ideally, they should be communicating with all employees, not just the senior leadership team. Uh, If they do daily huddles, it's good to do an all-hands huddle at least once a week. Uh, It's really important to over-communicate at a time like this. And it doesn't have to be long. It can be a few sentences, but people need to know that you're at the helm and that you're navigating through these difficult times. And if you think that uh, you need to communicate in long speeches, chances are you won't do it. So keep it short and sweet. Just let people know that you're there 
and that they can rely on you to navigate through these difficult times. I think the most important thing to communicate is really to be very clear about what the brutal facts are for your business and to talk about your action plan so people know that you recognize the difficult reality that we're in and that you're committed to doing something about it rather than just being a deer in the headlights. Uh, this isn't a time for guessing what people are feeling, but it is a time for expressing your concern for people, letting them know that you care about them and want them to weather this, this crisis. Um, you know, this crisis is not unlike other crises, although it's unique, it, in terms of its, um, its impact on people, it's not unlike a lot of other crises that have happened in terms of floods or major fires or hurricanes. I mean, the fact is that people are scared People are worried about their job. They're worried about their income. They're worried about getting sick. They're worried about their loved ones getting sick. What you need to do is encourage them to stay at home, make it easy for them to work from home and keep communicating with them. And if you have a negative communication to share, mention it first and then note what's being done to address it. You know, this will make you more believable and trustworthy. Don't try to sugarcoat things. People know there are problems out there. You have to be a realist and also be an optimist about how you're gonna handle things. So that's kind of my first and most important message. And I've actually encouraged people to really go beyond the standard communication and really communicate with heart. Let people know that you care about them and that they are important to you and it's not just about getting tasks done. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that, you know, communication is absolutely the most important. Um, there are leaders who will be straightforward and honest with their teams and sharing what, you know, the, the honest facts, the brutal facts, as you say. And that really separates the leader, the best leaders um, from those that, that are not. Um, in that, and from that, they can really decide how they want to move forward once they do recognize the facts themselves and then share them with their teams. Um, you know, you talk a lot about what you call the five C's of leadership. And um, what we're hoping is that you can share what those five C's of leadership are and how CEOs can use those five C's of leadership to emerge stronger by applying them. Okay, so the first C I've already mentioned, which is communicate daily. And actually, if you think about how communication takes place, um, so much of communication is body language and tone of voice that you're much better off using uh, a short video, even just a talking head of yourself, than you are communicating by email. Uh, email is your weakest form of communication. Telephone is stronger. Video is the strongest. So whenever you have an opportunity to communicate with video, whether you're using Zoom or some other kind of video conferencing software, it should be your first choice. Um, the second C really has to do with how you face your community. And your community includes, you know, both the, the geographical community that you're in, the extended community of your city, as well as all your clients and suppliers. There's a tendency to turn inward when things like this happen. This is really an opportunity to support your customers, support your clients, support your community, uh, support your suppliers, support your people. This is a chance for you to really demonstrate that uh, you wanna bring out the best in yourself and demonstrate your caring for others. Uh, some companies are organizing uh, charitable drives. Some companies are volunteering to help out in various places. So think about the ways in which your team can contribute to the greater community. Um, 
and you want to be viewed as a, a positive influence. This is not the time to be focused on selling. This is the time to be focused on giving. Yeah. And you should be asking people how you can support them rather than coming out and giving them long lists of what they should do. Yeah, I think that is a great point. Um, you know, we, my firm has personally experienced this. Um, we rallied to, for those employees that were still in the physical company before um, everyone went remotely, we all read our favorite childhood books um, on video and packaged them and sent them off to the United Way that then distributed them to an organization that's going to get them out to 25,000 children who are at home um, in the region. And um, that was an incredibly up uplifting um, uh, thing that we all did. It brought people to a, a positive spirit despite all of the news that they were getting inundated with. And I think there are so many organizations here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and for those people listening um, outside of the state um, in their own communities where there are numerous nonprofit organizations where they are just looking for people to volunteer in some way, whether it's virtual volunteering or um, helping online by sending inspiration into their groups. But um, community is absolutely essential. So um, thank you for sharing that with our listeners. You know, I, I know, Deborah, that you've been very committed to giving, you know, to charitable giving over the years. I know for years you raised money for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I think it's great that you're doing what you're doing. You know, one of the thoughts about this is as a CEO, you don't have to have all the answers. This is a really good opportunity to get your employees together to brainstorm ideas and then act on the best ideas. The key is just to think about giving with no expectation of return. You know, your customers and your community will remember this when it all clears up and it will eventually clear up. We don't know when, but we know that it will. And um, research has shown that one of the best ways to combat depression and sadness is to help someone else. So particularly when we're feeling stressed out, helping others helps us. Absolutely, absolutely. So we have communicate daily, community, and what is the third C? So the third one really is that because we're not spending time driving back and forth to work and in endless meetings with our teams, uh, this is a chance to catch up and clean up. It's a chance for us to do some of the projects that we just never seem to get to. Um, Many of my clients are finding more time for reading. They're finding more time for their family. They're finding time to be creative with their kids at home if they have children at home. Uh, it's really a chance to both do business-related cleanup and catch-up as well as home-related cleanup and catch-up. My brother, Dan, who has his own business, told me he's going to finally finish the bathroom. He started working on it years ago because he's been too busy working. So this is a chance really for both personal and business-related projects that you never had time before. All of us have inherited the time we used to lose commuting back and forth. And it's a question of how we use that productively. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some customers have been able to use this time to look at unnecessary expenses and needless activities. And uh, one client was able to strip 25% out of their costs just by having everybody search for ways to save money. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um, so catch up and clean up and, and that revolves numerous, numerous opportunities to um, really move your, your life and your business forward when all the dust settles. So you're really taking care of business that you didn't have a chance to take care of while things were status quo or very, very busy with the economy driving as hard as it was. You know, this is also an opportunity to learn some new technologies. I, I know that everybody is now using Zoom pretty regularly. 
And for those who never had to use Zoom before, all of a sudden they're becoming Zoom experts. So this is a chance to learn new things that expand your capability and to learn how to work more virtually, which is good for everybody because it, um, it's useful whenever there's an emergency like this. That's right. So the, the fourth C really is a financial one, and that is to make sure you've got enough cash to get through the worst of what might happen here. And um, we don't always know how long this is, we don't know how long this is going to last or how bad it's going to get, but it's critically important to uh, provide more cash than you think you might need and uh, to take a hard look at your expenses, a hard look at your, your revenue, ask yourself how much might your business be impacted by this and to really focus on making sure that you have cash resources available. Um, uh, in the United States, uh, the SBA has re recently offered a simple program where you can get a $350,000 10-year loan within four weeks of applying. And with the feds dropping the rate to zero, these loans should be less than 6% interest with no prepayment penalties. So um, what many of my clients have done is borrow money before they need it to make sure they're not, they're not short on cash if this thing goes longer than we planned. And you may say, well, why should I pay the interest? The answer is interest rates are low. You're better off having extra cash in the bank and paying a little bit of interest than getting to the point where you're desperate and then looking to borrow money. So the time to borrow it is when you don't need it or before you need it. And uh, it's also possible if this thing extends itself for many, many months, that some bank lines of credit may get retracted so that I think you want to be proactive and provide for cash in advance. If and do you have any clients that are currently experiencing uh, cash um, uh, cash issues right now, cash flow issues? Oh, well, absolutely, that? because yeah. I, I have clients whose businesses are shut down. I have one client who is in the staffing business providing dental technicians to dental offices. And guess what? <laughs> the dental offices are all closed. <laughs> so he's not, he has no, no revenue at all. I've got another client who provides catering to office business functions and there's no office business functions right now. Um, I've got a third client that manufactures stand-up desks to get manufactured in China and he's got one month of inventory and he's going to be out of supplies after a month. So, I mean, there are many businesses in crisis right now, and all of them have to think about how do we get as lean as possible without losing our best people. And are you encouraging them to um, nurture their relationships with their current lenders, or um, what is your advice to them so that they can survive the crisis? Well, again, my first advice is if you have lines of credit, draw on it now so you have the cash available. Number two, I think that banks and creditors understand this. Uh, where they have, uh, where they're getting money from large creditors, I, I recommend that they talk with the creditors and just prepare them in advance for the fact that they may be slow on payments or they may need to get better terms. You know, basically, everybody's in this together, so it's not a mystery. It's not the fault of any individual business that there are problems, but I think that they need to uh, lean on their sources of capital in advance. I have, I have one company that is actually a government contractor. And he's been concerned what happens if the government slows down their payments to me. And he's exploring, you know, factoring receivables if necessary, just so he's got it as a backup plan. So I would say be conservative when it comes to cash. Uh, the one way to go out of business is to run out of cash. And um, if you have to cut your payroll, then start with your, your worst players first. This is a good time to get rid of all your C players, as the ones that you've been thinking about firing but haven't done. 
in a perfect world, you want to hold on to all your best employees because just a month ago, we couldn't find good people. It was a full employment economy. And although many people are out of work right now, when, when the economy turns around, uh, people are going to be reemployed pretty quickly. So I, I think that you, you want to do everything you can to hold on to your best people during this time. Right. And, and I think, you know, that's a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for companies who are going to be growing after this crisis and are going to need really good people that now um, the market's going to be such that they're going to have great quality candidates coming in for interviews, which wasn't the case. Um, you know, uh, if you think about the summer, um, even, it just, it was very hard to find good candidates. So now that candidate pool is going to be open, which yeah. is a positive um, result of what's happening right now. I agree. Well, you know, every crisis, you know, the Chinese proverb says that the, the the flip side of every crisis is opportunity. It's, it's, I think they have a coin which says crisis on one side and opportunity on the other. So clearly there are opportunities in this crisis. The companies that are strong financially may end up gobbling up their weak competitors. Uh, the companies that are strong financially will end up attracting and, and attracting new key employees that are A players. So this is an opportunity, if you're strong, to seize the moment. If you're weak, it's an opportunity for you to really take a very hard look at your costs and say, how can I survive this period of time? And I have one company that went to all their employees and said, we have a choice. We can let some people go, or we can all agree to take a 20% pay cut. And the team as a group said, we'll take a 20% pay cut with the understanding that when and if the company gets profitable again, we'll all be repaid. Because the team said, we'd like to keep us all together if we can. So again, I think it's individual based on your company and your resources, but you do want to use this as an opportunity to look at the opportunities that are presented. Absolutely. So we have uh, Communicate Daily, Community, Catch Up and Clean Up, and Cash. And what is the fifth? So the, the fifth one really has to do with you, which is that you need to be calm in this difficult time. And to stay calm, you really have to take care of yourself. You know, you need to you need to breathe. There's something called a box breath that's easy to practice where you breathe in for two seconds, you hold for two seconds, you breathe out for two seconds, and then you hold for two seconds more. It's a simple way of slowing yourself down and buying yourself some space between things. What I've been recommending to people is that uh, with gyms closed, you develop some kind of an at-home exercise program. It can be, there's lots of free yoga classes on TV. There's free meditation tapes available. There's all kinds of software available for your iPhone if you have one for you know, meditation or breathing or whatever. So I'm recommending that you first of all take care of yourself and that you stay calm throughout this period and also that you be considerate of what other people are going through and you try to find ways to connect with them in ways that are peaceful and playful and, and kind of a, that, that lift their spirits. So what I've been doing, I made a list of all my friends and I said I'm going to call every friend every week and just check in with them and see how they're doing. And I was thrilled last night while I was cooking dinner that one of my friends from Virginia called me and said, I'm just calling to say hi and see how you are. So it's very important to stay calm during this time. It's important to breathe. It's important to exercise. It's important to control your stress. And when you're communicating with employees, you can't share your stress. You need to be the calm voice in the storm. So uh, I strongly recommend that you all practice some breathing. If you can take time for meditation, even a five-minute meditation is better than no meditation. If you can do it for 15 or 20 minutes, that's great. But five to seven minutes makes a big difference. And even one minute of breathing makes a difference. In fact, my little Apple Watch has a breathing app, which forces you to breathe for one minute. And you follow the little 
icon, breathing in and breathing out. So whatever your technology is, my suggestion is breathe, find ways to relax, find ways to stay calm in a difficult time and to communicate that to others. And encourage your people to exercise, encourage them to breathe, encourage them to meditate or do whatever it is that helps them stay calm and connected. Yeah, those are great tips. One of my favorite apps is the Calm app that you can download through iTunes. And it, my wife literally sent that to me yesterday. <laughs> so she wonderful. Said, it's, the music is wonderful. The meditations are wonderful. And what I love is you can just do them on the spot as needed when you need them. Absolutely. So there's lots of, uh, lots of things out there to help. And also, um, I think it's very important to connect with others as much as you can. You know, um, uh, it's important to feel connected in a disconnected world because, you know, we're, we, we, we used to be used to having dinner with, with friends or having meetings with friends. Now we need to do it virtually and we can do it by telephone or by Zoom or whatever, but it's very important to stay in touch. And Ken, th these are all wonderful. And, and I wonder, you know, as you think about um, the hindsight that you've learned over the years, watching businesses that succeed and those that do not, what are some of the things that are almost characteristic of those that do survive a crisis and those that don't? Well, I think the survivors have a couple of attributes in common. One is that the leaders of those businesses step up to the challenge and see this as an opportunity to really exert their leadership rather than hide or run away from it. Uh, if, you're, if you're a deer frozen in the headlights, then your team is left running around wondering what to do. So this is really a time where you need to be the best leader you're capable of being. Uh, the second thing is, this is a time when balance sheets count more than P&Ls. I mean, the fact is it's very available to you, whether they're personal resources that you can borrow. Uh, some people may have to take a home equity loan or whatever, but it's very important that you have available cash available at this time. And if you don't, you're gonna find yourself looking for it on terms that are disadvantageous. So uh, this is a time when the financially strong do, do better. And when the financially weak really need to figure out how can I shore up my financials? You know, in the case of some of my clients, they've had to lay a lot of people off and just get down to the bare minimum number of people to keep things open. I mean, I consider that's kind of a, a last you know, case scenario, but if you can't carry your personnel and you can't keep the business going, then you have to do whatever you have to do. Your job is to survive and then come out stronger at the end. And you do whatever you have to do to make it to survive through this. Yeah. And, and these are, again, they're, they're great uh, tips. And one of the things that, you know, I worry the most about are the little businesses, those retailers that can't be open at all during this shutdown period. And um, those that are undercapitalized and startups that have not had enough years behind them to have a stronger footing. Um, and I know that while you work with mostly mid to larger companies, um, you do have in your long-term experience as a, as a consultant and an advisor and in your own personal experience have some expertise in um, the, those retail businesses. So do you have any specific advice for those smaller entities, um, the mom and pop entity that might be out there that comprise of the majority of those small businesses in our nation? Um, some advice for them, because this is all new, 
And um, they might not have survived a recession in the past because they weren't open or they, they might not have had an issue um, to deal with that came from an external force such as this. What tips can you give to them to, um, to really help them put an, an action plan together so that they can be there for when this is over so that we can all enjoy them as consumers? Well, it's a, it's a good question and a difficult question. It really It's an individual question based on the reality of each company. It's true that there are companies like restaurants and bars that are completely closed and where they have no income coming in at all. And, um, you know, uh, one thing I mentioned earlier was the fact that there are SBA loans available out there. So you could talk to your bank about getting an SBA guaranteed loan, assuming that your credit is decent. Um, most people have some equity in their home. You can look at your home equity credit lines and draw that down. Um, most small family businesses have the ability to pull in and, and basically, you know, re recruit as many family members to help out as possible. Uh, what one small business has done that I've seen is to reach out to their customers and ask the customers if they would buy gift certificates in advance. For example, I have one uh, massage practice that wrote to me and said, you know, we're closed for because of the virus. You know, we're offering uh, a discount on advanced purchases. Would you please buy, you know, half a dozen massages in advance and then use them once we come back in business again? So there are ways of reaching out to your customers and saying, please help, because your customers know what you're going through. And many of the customers want to keep you alive. Um, this is particularly hard on people who go from, you know, from hand to mouth who live one paycheck at a time. And for those, they may have to rely on friends and family. You know, uh, we're all in this together, and um, there's no simple answer that applies to everybody. But I would say don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, that's very true. And, and you know, I think one of the strategies as well is that the smaller businesses need to be creative. They have to think about how can I still provide my services? Um, is there another way I can deliver um, if they're a bakery, as an example, is there another way I can deliver my baked goods? Is there another way I can um, do what I do, but just in a different way? So I think, um, I think that every business right now needs to be a little bit more creative, open their minds to change, um, and to not be afraid to step out of their comfort zone so that they can try something new. If it doesn't work, no problem, pick themselves up and try again. But um, but I, I think trying to do something differently, out of the box, uncomfortable, um, or just you know being creative in their thoughts is, is gonna help them. And, and I think that the five C's that you have shared have been very helpful um, because they inspire um, leaders. And it doesn't matter whether it's a leader of a large organization or a smaller entity, um, but to lead through these challenging times of uncertainty and to bring their themselves and their organizations um, so that they can potentially emerge stronger than ever before. I think that's very well said, Deborah. And, and to your point, I think many organizations are being creative. I'm seeing restaurants that never used to do delivery communicating with people that now you can order takeout and they will deliver for free to your home. Um, many stores are offering free deliveries. Uh, I think that wherever there's a creative way to, you know, even consultants, a lot of consultants who used to meet face-to-face -face are now doing it all online. So uh, there are creative ways to connect with people. There are some businesses which will have a hard time. And um, 
but I, I think we will get through this. We don't know whether it's going to be weeks or months, but you know, there is a, a blue sky at the end of this and we just have to hold on and believe that it will get better at some point in the future. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we so appreciate that you took the time today. I know how busy you are with all of your consulting. I know that you've been back to back with meetings, helping so many companies through this turmoil. Um, really appreciate that you took time to join us on this podcast. We may very well come back to you to have a part two of this, but we thank you for sharing your wisdom and your expertise to get the ball rolling and get our uh, leaders thinking about ways that they can make improvements, make changes, to communicate more effectively, and to honor those five C's that you mentioned to move their, their companies forward. So Ken, thank you so very much for, um, for being with us here today. You're welcome, Deborah. Thank you for inviting me to be here. And thank you. Everybody stay safe. You too, Ken. Take care. Bye now. Bye.